Hello and welcome to the Wibbly and Wobbly Awards. I'm your host Dean, ready to bring you through our Series 1 wrap-up of Doctor Who and joining me as she has been for the entirety of Series 1 and it's her last episode ever because each series I get a new co-host is Andrea. I was not made aware of this. This was not in the contract. Well, we'll see how you do this episode. I might, I might change my mind. I'd just like to say I really like your tuxedo for this award show. You look very dashing. Thank you. Dressing up especially for our awards ceremony. I'm very excited to see who will be taking away the big awards tonight. Yeah, we do know quite a lot of them already, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, so just to explain what we will be doing, not only will we be giving out awards for the best and worst things in this series or the wibblies and the wobbliest things in this series, we're also going to be just giving our general thoughts on the series. Shall we move on to our overall ranking? Oh, I think we shall. Okay, it is now time for our official ranking of every episode in Series 1 of Doctor Who. If you disagree with this, you are wrong. Andrew and I spent hours deliberating over this. Imagine for our English listeners... Britain's Got Talent, just before the live shows, they're sitting there with all the different pictures, <laughs> different contestants, and we're moving them around. And there's a montage of our just pointing at a picture and saying, well, I really like this one. And he's like, no, no, no. And literally went on for hours. But we finally settled. Isn't that right? It was one tough weekend. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start at number 13. The worst episode of Doctor Who Series 1 is... The long game. Really don't think there's any surprise there. We all saw it coming. Go on, Andrew, give us some of your thoughts on this crap episode. Where do you start? As much as I love Russell T. Davis, there's not really one element of this episode I like. The Jagrafess is a pretty naff villain, and the editor doesn't really add anything either. Sorry, Simon Pegg. And you also have Adam polluting every single scene. And what is that bit with the nurse? Like the creepiest scene in all of creation. And he throws up a kiwi and orange ice cube or something like that. And I'm just not here for it. In fact, the only good thing is Adam's dog and potentially the confrontation between the doctor and Adam at the end. I would like to mention there's one little speech from the doctor at the start when he's all like wow you've got to go explore you've got to kiss the wrong people and buy the wrong food when you're traveling i like that moment but apart from that what an utter pile of just terrible writing no let's not blame the writing i was about to say the worst episode of doc two ever written by russell t davis oh yeah it potentially is my least favorite of his anyway sorry russell Moving on to number 12. Take it away, Andrea. So, in 12th place, we have The End of the World, episode 2 of series 1. Dean, would you like to give your thoughts on that episode? Yeah, I think this one is also no surprise. We didn't deliberate over this one much either. This only took about an hour maybe to deliberate over this one i think it's also maybe the only other bad episode in this series they spend so much money on the effects which now have just aged poorly 
for whatever reason, in the second episode together, they make the decision just to separate Rose and the Doctor for so much of the episode, and they barely see each other. And when they do, they just argue, and it isn't done very well, I don't think. And it's just the whole thing with Cassandra is not very good. Obviously, there's the mocks of Balhoon. I think the biggest problem with this episode is it also just gives me the wrong vibes. It's too Star Wars-y with the before-mentioned mocks of Balhoon. Any good moments in this episode, you get the plumber. And I think that might be about it for me. Any other good moments in this episode for you? I think it uses music well. You have some soft sell and some Britney Spears. And of course, you can go and listen to our other podcast, Britney Spears Keep Spearing On, which of course is about Britney Spears. It is the ultimate Britney Spears podcast. Every week we go through a song of hers, one by one, one album at a time. Yeah, we give our thoughts. Anyway, enough self-promotion. I think it is time to move on to the 11th best episode. And that is... The Unquiet Dead. Now, I personally think this is a very average episode. I don't know what you think about it. I enjoy it if I watch it, but at the same time, it borderlines on bad for me when put in comparison with the episodes that rank above it in our overall rankings. You have a really great performance from Eve Miles as Gwyneth, and we get a further insight into the Big Bad Wolf, which obviously links to the, the series' story arc. However, you also get the Gelf, which are pretty naff. You get the Doctor and Rose being quite inconsistent in their relationship, and you have Mr. Sneed, who's just a perv. What do you think, Beam? Yeah, just just for some context, Andrew and I did both rate this episode a 7, which kind of shows you how average it is when it's out of 13. I won't go into the rating system now. I'll save that for later. I think it is subpar. There are good moments with Charles Dickens and Gwyneth, like you said, but I think it is overshadowed just by the lack of interesting elements, I think. It's got good moments, but I don't think there's a lot of intrigue to go along with it and I think the Gelf are quite weak villains. Exactly, I think it's a bit of a slow episode. Whilst I didn't really rate this episode as a poor one before the podcast, when you analyse it there aren't as many standout moments as there are in other episodes. Yeah, yeah, now going on to number 10, take it away. So in 10th place we have The Empty Child. Now, I think this might be a bit controversial. Yeah, I think this might be very controversial. Of course, it was rated this and The Doctor Dances, which is the other two-parter, as the best episode of Series 1, written by Stephen Moffat, obviously, so I think it does get some praise there. It has some good moments, but I think most of the good stuff in this two-parter does appear in the second part. And I'm not saying this episode is bad, and I'm sure Andrew would also say that this is still a good episode. It just feels like a lot of filler. I think the pacing is quite slow in the middle and some of the Rose stuff is a bit off as well. And if I had one complaint I had to make, it's that throughout this episode, Rose keeps referring to Captain Jack as being more Spock than the Doctor. When, of course, Spock is the boring one. <sighs> just uh, You had to fit that in. I had to, I had to. I think it is still a good episode. It just doesn't quite hit the spot like it's second part does yeah yeah okay moving on single digits ninth 
best episode of this series, and that is Boomtown. Boom, boom, let's shake the room. Yes, I think it's a good episode. It's a hearty and indulgent episode that lets you entertain your more childish side. I'd say again that it is the Scooby-Doo episode of this series. I don't know if that's a pattern throughout succeeding series, but it is for this one at least. And we get to see Margaret again, and you get some really good conflict with Mickey and Rose, and Captain Jack's great. But at the same time, the resolution is a bit underwhelming, and it is a bit of a quiet episode because it was meant to be one of the cheap ones of the series. And so it doesn't carry as much impact as other episodes. Yeah, I should clarify all the episodes from The Empty Child onwards. I do quite enjoy, and this is no exception. This is a really fun episode. And not only is it fun with fun, funny moments, but also it has big, juicy philosophical questions in there as well about capital punishment and also about how Rose treats Mickey. But of course, it's the resolution where this episode falls short. And I think it would be quite a few spaces higher personally if they had a fun ending compared to what we get which is margaret being eggified hate it when that happens being eggified yeah yeah in eighth place we have aliens of london yeah another really fun episode for me but i think aliens of london does suffer a lot of the problems the Empty Child does. I think it's very strong and it's very fun. It's a very fun episode, but there's just a lot of filler and I feel like the pace does slump in the middle of it compared to the second part, which, as you can tell, as we haven't mentioned it yet, is superior. I think another one of the biggest sins of this episode also would be that almost immediate dismissal of Rose's disappearance for a year and they kind of just move on from the plight that that happened. And I'd also like to say a down point on this episode is, of course, Mickey. Wow, you just had to link it back to your hatred of Mickey. I think, personally, it shocks me a little bit that this is eighth in our ratings because it's one that I enjoy, and eight doesn't sound like a very high-up number. We both rated it an 8.5, looking at my little sheet here. So it is kind of middle of the road a bit. But as you said, I think it's slightly overshadowed by the fast-paced, funny second part that it has in the form of World War Three, And also, whereas first parters often triumph with suspense in building up to the events of the second part, this episode is more establishing things rather than having that tension. And I feel that's maybe why it's a bit flatter than other one-parters we have. I would agree that I still really enjoy this episode and I particularly like seeing Jackie's journey as she goes from being without her daughter to being introduced to the terrifying world of the Doctors. And so I still think that this is a really good episode so I'm giving it a shout out for being really good. But yeah, eighth today. I would also like to, before our main award ceremony, give this episode a little award. That's the Wibbly Award for most farts in a Doctor Who episode ever, believe it or not. No Doctor Who episode has farts. Wow. Not even midnight. Not even midnight. I can imagine just to cut the tension, 
in that little crusader. Just a few farts. Never mind. Never mind. So, in seventh place, right middle of the road, the most average episode of the series is The Doctor Dances. And just to really show the strength this series, I think this is when the episodes start getting really good. But what are your thoughts on The Doctor Does Little Dance? I still think this will be really controversial because these episodes by Stephen Moffat are so praised by the fandom as a whole. I enjoy it. I prefer it heaps more to The Empty Child. Everything that The Empty Child builds up to pays off in this episode. And we get a really emotional resolution with Nancy declaring that she is Jamie's mum. And of course we have the golden moment of 2005 with Jamie's jump scare in his hospital room. And you have other creepy moments like the typewriter scene. And so there are some little gems in this episode, but I would argue that it's not that this episode is bad, it's just in our opinion, and this is all subjective. No, it's not. It's not subjective at all. This is the correct ranking. And if you disagree, then please email us and tell us why, but also know that you are indeed wrong. Chattywattypod at gmail.com Okay, let's swiftly move on. In sixth place, we have Rose. The character. We're doing episodes at the moment. I think that's in the wrong No, no that's, that's an episode name. It's the first one. You might not remember. Yeah talked about it such a long time ago haven't watched it since then so let's see what i remember but i think it is strong it does a really good job of introducing not only rose but i think it really does a good job of establishing christopher houston and the kind of doctor that he's going to be i think where this episode is let down is the autons despite i think they're quite iconic they're quite weak especially with the nesting consciousness in the end but alas that's not what the episode's for the episode's not about the villains it's about meeting Rose and meeting the Doctor. I personally think that if I did my own individual ratings, this one would probably be the one that gets raised through the ranks the highest. I love this episode. I get really nostalgic and sentimental watching it because it is the first. And I think maybe my personal perception of the episode is enhanced and bettered for the fact that it was the first of series one and brought Doctor Who back to our screens. I love the Autons. I don't love the nesting consciousness, but I love the concept of the Autons, and it's a villain that I personally wish would come back to Doctor Who. We've only really seen them in the Pandorica Opens, and that's very briefly, and not in the same way. I'd also say that I love the Doctor's introduction speech, if you like, about this turn of the earth. It's a really iconic Great moment. scene there. And just the montage of Rose's life, it's a really good establishment of these characters that we come to really care about throughout the series. Yeah, okay, moving on into our top five at fifth place. World War Three. Woo! Woo. Yes, I can imagine some of the grumpy pants that want hardcore Dalek explosions all the time don't rate these episodes and personally I get upset reading the nasty reviews on IMDb about this two-parter but it's fun it's indulgent I love a good episode that revolves around British politics in such a realistic way seeing all those green monsters 
You also get some really funny moments with the wonderful Harriet Jones, who has become an icon in New Who. And the development of a bond between Jackie and Mickey, which becomes quite important to those central characters throughout the rest of their time in the show. What else would you add? Arguably, I would say it is the most fun episode of this series. Agreed. And perhaps one I'd choose to rewatch the most for that reason. It might not have deep questions like most of the episodes we're going to talk about next, but there are some really strong, funny moments, and it really shows the strength of Rose, especially, I think, as well as Harriet Jones, of course, and not Mickey Smith. Yes. And now in fourth place, we have Bad Wolf. Yes, this episode is a lot more recent in my mind because we did just talk about it. The first part of the epilogue of Christopher Eccleston. I think it has some interesting moments and quite funny moments with all the different game shows they're doing with Big Brother and The Weakest Link and whatever Captain Jackson. I think it's got some real funny moments, but the real standout bits are in between the Doctor and Linda and in between the Doctor and Captain Jack because I think their relationship really flourishes in this two-parter. I also like the idea of the controller and I think this episode does the two-parter better than any other episode with the build-up and the suspense in the first episode um, without lacking pace or being filled up with filler. I think this episode does a really good job of setting the stage for Parting of the Ways. I completely agree. This episode really excites me. I love the game show concept and the jokes that they make about 2005's culture with the weakest link in Big Brother. I adore watching the scenes with Christopher Eccleston and Linda, but not only is it good for its jokes, but it is quite chilling. You do get the sense of tension. I think the controller is a really underrated Doctor Who character. and it just leads so well into the parting of the ways. It by far does the best at being a two-parter. Yeah, bringing us into third place, winning the bronze medal for Series 1 is Father's Day. Yes, well, we couldn't not have this episode in the top three. It's a very iconic Doctor Who episode and arguably the most emotional one of Russell T. Davis's era, I'd say. It's definitely up there. Emotionally, I think an episode we'll talk about later on might trump it, might not, but it's got some really strong moments with Pete Tyler and it explores the relationship between Doctor and Rose quite well, but the areas where this episode does fall down is the argument Doctor and Rose have in Pete's apartment. I did go into quite a lot of detail when we talked about this episode at the time, but I think overall, very good episode. Definitely one of the best of the series. Agreed. It's a great performance by Sean Dingwall. And I think it's really impressive to be able to evoke such sympathy and care from an audience for a character you haven't met before this episode. Did somebody say Sean Dingwall? I I did. I didn't expect to have a guest starring appearance from you, Sean. But how are you? Bloody hell, I can't believe you only rated my episode third. Sorry, Sean. Sorry. We are basing it sort of off our own average ratings. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I'm in a parallel universe, so I better go. 
Yes, you go, Sean, you go. And that brings us to second place. I realise this gives away what comes first, but never mind. Second place to Dalek. Woo, Dalek. What a great, great episode. Honestly, one of my favourite episodes of Doctor Who ever. I think it really shows the struggle the Doctor has had after the Time War better than any episode ever in Doctor Who. It really shows the anger he has towards the Dalek. Really makes us sympathise for the Daleks with Rose, who is used very well in this episode as well. Unfortunately, what does bring it down is, hate to mention him, but Adam. Another point I would have to say about this episode is, out of all these episodes on this list, I would have to argue that it has some of the best lines and best speeches between the Dalek struggling with his emotions, the Doctor struggling with his past, and Henry Van Staten being told off for being such a naughty little boy and keeping everything locked up, because he is as far away from the stars as you could be. That was put very nicely. I think that personally this was probably my favourite episode to delve into with you. It's such a rich, hearty episode for very different reasons to Boomtown, which I realise I've also called hearty. But it does a really clever job at reintroducing the Daleks in a way that you wouldn't expect. Their weaknesses from classic Who are immediately eliminated with that very iconic moment where the Dalek flies instead of being stuck at the base of the stairs. And you really get an insight into their ideology and why they're so terrifying because emotions are sickness to them. And as you said, Rose really works in this episode, probably the most that she works in an episode in this series because probably that job got blown up in episode one (laughs) well done you but she works so well as a centerpiece with the doctor and the dalek either side battling it out it's just a really clever episode i'm just yeah great i'm getting excited go go on i obviously it isn't the best episode of the series i personally would argue it's the best written okay Moving on to first place. First place is Parting of the Ways. Yes, well, how couldn't we award this first place? It's got everything you could want from great scenes of Rose and her family back home. You get the Bad Wolf arc coming together. You get Eccleston facing the Daleks in a quite solitary battle as his friends, Linda, Captain Jack, Roderick, who wants his money, although he's not his friend, all being mowed down by the Daleks. And the setting of the game station, which doesn't really work in the long game, completely works in this episode. Especially when you get that moment when they expect the Daleks to go up, but they head down and slaughter a whole floor of people. And so it works really well. It's a great farewell to a brilliant Doctor and perfectly rounds off this overall very enjoyable, well-written 
well executed series yeah i can only reiterate what you said this episode does really well i think the relationship between the doctor and the daleks which is explored in dalek i think it might even be better here because the doctor is faced with so many and he's so overwhelmed by it you have the great moment where he chooses not to end the human race and in turn saving the daleks and you have the relationship between the doctor and rose obviously where he get he sends rose away and then you get rose's struggle back on earth and i think less than the other two but still just as good you get the relationship between captain jack and the doctor which is also done really well and i mentioned this at the time this episode does contain my favorite regeneration scene well that takes us to the end of our rankings for series one i hope you've enjoyed it i hope it's not too controversial and we're not going to get loads of angry emails yeah yeah me too let's move on to the award show hello and welcome to the wibbly and wobbly awards hosted by me dean and my co-host andrea don't worry your phone hasn't skipped you back to the start of the episode. I'm just doing a useless reintroduction. Just to lay out some ground rules, we have five categories, best and worst of each, to give out awards. And if you get a best award, it's a wibbly. If you get a worst award, it's a wobbly. Makes perfect sense, of course, wibbly's best and wobbly's worst. So first off, we're giving out the wobbly award for the episode name. Here at Wibbly Wobbly Chatty Watty, you know we love to delve into the episode names. So shall I just take it away with our nominations? Please do. Our nominations are as follows. The Unquiet Dead, Aliens of London, World War Three, or Boomtown. And the winner is... Andrea. And Andrea, did we not choose the winners already? Oh, damn it. I knew there was something we'd forgotten in our preparation. Wow. Okay, we'll just do it, we'll do it on the spot. Which episode do you think is the worst name? See, I personally think that there isn't a name that I really hate from the series, so it makes m- my decision harder. I'd potentially say World War Three, just because it's pretty self-explanatory. I was thinking World War Three, or, ironically enough, Aliens of London. I think they're both pretty just generic and weak. I don't think there's anything interesting there like a lot of the other episodes. So shall we settle on World War Three? I, th- I think we shall. Okay, so the Wobbly Award for episode name goes to World War Three. Well done, World War Three. Okay. Okay, now the Wibbly Award for episode name. We have four nominations again, and they are as follows. Dalek, The Long Game, The Doctor Dances, and Bad Wolf. Okay, yet again, we, we haven't chosen a winner, so should we just talk them through quickly? I think we should. What do you think? Ironically enough, I really like The Long Game because of what it's set up to be, and it's revealed maybe five episodes down the line why it's called that i think that is a good idea and i also really appreciate the doctor dances because of just it's such a wacky name and it doesn't really fit in but in a good way i enjoy it i enjoy it what are your thoughts on these episode names see i feel like we'll have to reach some sort of compromise because i love bad wolf it's so simplistic and yet when that name pops up you know that it's going to link directly 
to the story arc that's been delicately placed and hinted at in almost every single episode thus far. And so I think it's quite exciting as an episode title. I also like Dalek because, as we discussed in our podcast on Dalek, it almost represents that lone Dalek and all the damage it can do and how in the new design of bronze, just a war Dalek, nothing too showy-offy, it's so simplistic and yet so deadly. And I feel like that title really reflects that. You know what, you've convinced me and I'm willing to give this award to Bad Wolf. Wow, I'm so I'm so chuffed. Wow, I didn't really know I'd done that good a job. Yeah, okay. The, the Wibbly Award for episode name goes to Bad Wolf. Congratulations, Bad Wolf. Well done, Bad Wolf. I know you're a god and everything, but if you want to come and accept your award, that'd be great. Okay, moving on to the next category. Our next category is worst one-off character and the nominees are mr schneed kathika suki henry van staten oh that's an interesting one i'm immediately drawn to mr sneed i think henry van staten isn't exactly a bad character he is annoying and he has some weird moments and a bad accent and i think kathika and suki are just boring rather than annoying apart from the moment when suki voice suddenly drops a couple octaves reveals herself where <laughs> mr need does annoy me a lot what do you think i think i probably agree with you whilst in the past kathika has probably irritated me the most of this lot revisiting the episodes with you for the podcast i discovered a newfound dislike for mr sneed and therefore, I'm willing to give him the Wobbly Award for Worst One-Off Character, if you are. Yeah, the Wobbly Award for One-Off Character goes to Mr. Sneed. If you'd like to come up to accept his award, that'd be great. Oh, I'm Mr. Sneed. I'm Welsh and I hate women. Thank you, Mr. Sneed. Uh, see you next year for the awards. Great acceptance speech. Our next award is the Wibbly for Best one-off character and the nominees are pete tyler gwyneth clive finch jabe interesting interesting although clive is a very good character in the concept he brings up i don't think he's as strong as some others on this list and i'd say the same for jabe i think she might be the weakest on this link for me personally i do have in mind who i think the strongest is and i have a feeling you're going to agree with me and that is, I'm going to say it with some trepidation, Pete Tyler. I have to agree. This is going well so far. I personally don't think Jabe really deserves to be on that list. I think Gwyneth is really good. And it's an excellent performance from Eve Miles, but she's slightly let down by the episode. And Clive, whilst I think he's an iconic character, he doesn't have such a prominent role in Rose. I don't think there's as much emotion behind it either. I think where Pete Tyler really 
stands out is the emotional drive we have this character we should have mentioned beforehand to get this award we can only look at their performance in series one all later stuff will be ignored i think this is the best pete tyler appearance just because of all this emotion that's behind his role and sean dingwall does a really good job unfortunately he's not here to accept his award he's gone home now that's not happening again oh damn it we should call him back yeah should we go on to the next category Next, we have the Wibley Award for Supporting Character. Just lay out the rules of this. This is a character that appears in more than one episode, two parts are counted, that isn't a companion or obviously the Doctor. So our nominees are Jackie Tyler, Harriet Jones, Nancy, Linda Moss or Mickey Smith. What, what are your thoughts on this, Andrea? I'm very conflicted on this one because I think this is a really promising category. A lot of standout stars in here. I think they've got a good future ahead of them. <laughs> exactly. Jackie is an iconic character for me. And I think I personally like her a lot more than you do. I'm not saying you don't like her, but I think I will always sing her praise. However, Harriet Jones is a legend in Doctor Who. And a martyr, if you refer to her death in The Stolen Earth. Of course, we can only mention these episodes that she appears in. Of course, that is true. But I think I personally like her the most in Aliens of London and World War Three, And so I would vote for her. I would have to agree with you. I think... World War Three is the best appearance of that character throughout all her later appearances, and she's really strong and funny and a good female role model, which, sorry for getting political, but I think that's what this series lacks. So good on her. Thank you for being so pro-feminism. I'm proud of you. Now to insult some characters. On to the wobbly award for supporting character andrea looks scared because i think she knows who i'm gunning for <laughs> of course the nominees are the same jackie tyler harriet jones nancy linda moss and mickey smith go on give us your thoughts before i go on a tirade oh no i have been fearing getting to this particular moment in our award ceremony i think that this is such a strong category that it seems harsh to name any of these characters the worst or the wobbly as we're calling them but for me it would have to be nancy just because she doesn't have such a place in my heart as the other characters do i didn't mention mickey when talking about the best supporting characters but he's a really strong character in my mind and he really flourishes in series two so I don't feel like I could vote for him, but I feel like I may be bullied into it in a moment. Well, this is where the problem lays. Recently, I have been watching some Series 2 of Doctor Who, and there is some better Mickey Smith stuff. I think I do enjoy him more in Series 2, so I'm afraid there might be less tirades in our next series. But in just this series alone, which we need to focus this award on, for me personally, he is the weakest character, just for his constant dismissal of Rose and need I mention his um, so open willingness to cheat on 
Trish Delaney, what a dog this man is. And I know I might have to concede defeat on this, but just to defend Nancy a bit, I would just like to remind you of the scene where she finds out that World War II ended with their victory, something she dreamed was impossible. And really, we see the patriotism behind her and the childhood innocence. And imagine all she's been through having to raise a child. Don't guilt me into not giving her this award. I will remind you, on Mickey's behalf, of pizza. That wasn't even Mickey Smith. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't want to go on a tirade. I'm just going to go through this series. Let's call this a subsection called Everything Mickey Smith has done wrong. Okay. In episode one, Rose gets attacked by some Autons and her building explodes. And minutes later, Mickey is like, oh, I'm sorry I had to go through that. Anyway, do you want to go to the pub so I can watch some football? And then he cowers behind her while fighting nesting consciousness. Then, okay, let's keep this going. Okay, in Aliens London, he's not as bad, but he still gets on my nerves a bit. I think they're trying to make us feel sorry for him. It doesn't work, sunshine. <laughs> World War Three. okay? He's got the dumb hacking things. It's not really his fault. It's more the writing's fault. But then he snaps at Jackie when someone, obviously a Savine, knocks on the door at 2am in the morning and he goes, Oi, go answer the door. And she's like, it's 2am. And he's like, go tell them that then, you idiot. And I'm like, Mickey, you're the real idiot. Okay. Moving on to his next episode, which is Boomtown. I mean, he's better in this episode, but he still comes across as an idiot, especially with the before-mentioned moment when he's so willing to cheat on his girlfriend. I like him standing up for himself in this, but still, bad job, Mickey. And then, really, he doesn't do much wrong in Parting of the Wage because he's barely in it, but that's my thoughts on Mickey. I didn't ask for them, but thank you anyway. I'm going to really regret this because I think he's a fantastic character. And I want to stress this to our audience that I do not agree. And I want to stress this to Noel Clark and his family and to Russell T Davis and anyone who's ever held Mickey Smith in their hearts. But just for the sake of this running joke that we've had in this podcast for series one, I will allow you to give this award to Mickey just to get it out of your system and hopefully to improve you as a person. Thank you. I have nothing against Noel Clark. I know nothing about him, but he seems like an all right bloke to me. It's just series one, Mickey can get out. Oh, look, he's coming up to accept his wobbly award. Hi, I'm Mickey Smith and I hate women. Thank, thanks, Mickey. I'm going to move on quickly to the next award, which is the Wobbly Companion. And the nominees are Rose Tyler, Captain Jack Harkness, or Adam Mitchell. Hmm, I wonder who could possibly win this particular award. Yeah, before we delve into the obvious answer, I feel like I should probably clarify why these are the companions chosen. Because Mickey, who you some may consider as a companion, never travels in the TARDIS in series one, and he never receives a TARDIS key, unlike all other three do. Mickey is a companion series, so obviously, so maybe next time we'll talk about that, and maybe he'll be ranked a bit higher. Who knows? But of course, I don't really want to talk about it. Adam. Adam. Adam wins worst companion. Okay, let's move on 
to the Wibbly Companion. And of course, the nominees are the same, for there are only three official companions in this series. I think we should give it to Adam. Why? What a transformation this is. Honestly, because we can't judge on other series stuff, part of me wants to give it to Captain Jack. But the other part of me knows that we should really give it to Rose. What are your thoughts? I kind of share them. I think that for me, I don't think I could give it to Captain Jack because whilst I really enjoy him in Boomtown, Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways, in the latter two of that list, he doesn't have as big a role as Rose anyway. So our focus isn't so much on him. So he contributes less to the episode than she does. And I'm not really won over by him in The Empty Child slash The Doctor Dances because we're not really meant to be. And so I think he's very much a character that develops. Whilst Rose, she does have weak episodes, but that's going to happen when you're in every single episode of the series. Yeah, I'm willing to give it to Rose. But I still wouldn't call her a great companion in this series alone. There are issues we've talked about, the biggest of which, of course, being the writers keep chucking her between men. At least that stops next series. But apart from that, good job, Billy Piper. Well done for winning your Wibbly Award. Now it's time for the penultimate awards of the 2005 Wibbly Awards. I know what you're thinking. We did release this a bit late. But the nominations for the wobbliest villain, the nominees are Cassandra, the Jagrafess, the Editor and the Reapers. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one because I've already made up my mind. I mean, I think you're going to say it's in between the editor or the, the Jagrafess, and I think my least favourite of the two is the Jagrafess. I'd have to agree. It's just a lump of me on a ceiling. doesn't really do anything. If it was a good villain, you wouldn't have the editor doing all the talking for it. It's actually weirdly absent from the episode that pivots around it. And the design isn't half as good as some of the sketches that I saw before it was put into CGI form. Yeah, so well done for your Wobbly Award. Unfortunately, he can't be here because he doesn't exist for a couple thousand years. Okay, on to the Wibbly Award for Best Villain of Series 1. The nominees are Autons, Slovene, Daleks or gas mask zombies? Hmm. I really want to give it to the Slovene, but unlike with Mickey, I'm willing to concede because I think the Daleks are good, especially in Dalek. What do you think? I'm willing to compromise and give the award to the Daleks because they're so central to this series and obviously one of the best Doctor Who villains that we see in any series. However, I would just like to give a shout out to the Autons. I know you don't like them as much, so you wouldn't give this award to them. But for series one, they stand out to me because it's bold to open the series with them, a less iconic Doctor Who villain that has only been in two classic series episodes. And so 
I feel they were reinvented in a very cool way. And they're just so cool and I want to see them return. Yeah, I would also like to give one final honourable mention to the Slovene because I know I probably won't get another chance to talk about them on this platform again. But unironically, I think they are funny, they're inventive, and I just like so much about what they choose to be. Well done, Slovene. Well done, Margaret Blaine. And of course, but of course, the Wibbly Award goes to the Daleks. Well done, Daleks. Are they coming up for their acceptance speech? Exterminate. Thank you, Dalek. We'll, we'll see you next week for bingo. Okay, moving on to the last award. Yes, and so to bring us to the end of our awards ceremony, the wobbly scene. The nominations are Rose and Adam flirt in the bunker in Dalek, Adam and the nurse in the long game, Adam and the Flying TARDIS Key in The Long Game. The Doctor's shirtless scene in Dalek. Okay, obviously there's a lot of Adam there, but that's not a surprise at all. I think the two for me which are the worst, personally, are Adam with the nurse. And for very... Because it's so weird, and like I don't get the chemistry they're going for. And it's a scene trying to stand on just Adam alone, and it really shows you how stupid Adam really is in these scenes he shows with the nurse. My other choice, for very different uh, reasons, I don't think you would agree with this being the worst scene, is the Doctor's shirtless scene, because it just doesn't make sense to me, and my brain doesn't like the lack of understanding here of how the Doctor ended up strapped to a table shirtless and then in the next scene he's in his jumper again with his jacket all all ironed for him what do you think the scene with adam and the nurse is just so weird the only thing going for it is that it kind of leads into adam's banishment if that's a word but it's just the chemistry is so odd and it just sticks out in an already bad episode, which is quite an achievement in itself and maybe is deserving of an award. I think also the effect of the flying TARDIS key is pretty naff and really jars with me because it seems illogical and the execution was just pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, but if we're in agreement, the Wobbly Award for Worst Scene goes to Adam and that bloody nurse. I do not want to see either of them ever again. And after this, we never will have to talk about them again. Is the nurse not coming up for her acceptance speech? Hi, I'm the nurse and I love Adam a lot. And we went on a couple dates and now we're married. I think it's time to go on to the Wibbly Award for this category. Our final award tonight is the Wibbly Scene. And the nominations are... The Doctor, Rose and Harriet's teamwork in Downing Street from World War Three. Pete realises he's Rose's dad in Father's Day. Pete sacrifices himself in Father's Day. And finally, the TARDIS crew chase Margaret the Slovene in Boomtown. I think the two clear choices are Pete realising he's Rose's dad and the Doctor, Rose and Harriet's great teamwork. 
inside number 10, but I couldn't choose a better one at the two. So I'm hoping that's something you can do for me. I shall try. I'd also think that for me, it's potentially between Pete's sacrifice because it's just such an emotional climax to a very dramatic and beautifully written and performed episode in Father's Day. But since this is one of the ones that you said as well, I think that I would award the teamwork with the Doctor, Rose and Harriet and Downing Street. Because Harriet Jones can't go away with just one award tonight. Oh no, no sir. No. Well done, Harriet. Come up for your award. Uh, well, hello. Harriet Jones, MP of Flightdale North. And I would just like to thank you for my award. And I'd also like to take this stage to give awareness to my mother, who is in a Keach hospice, and I want to give her more. I, okay, Harriet. No, no, Har- Harriet, please. Okay, this is not the time for charity. Okay, sorry about that, guys. We got her off stage. Don't know what she was going on about. Poor Harriet Jones. Well, <laughs> That's the end of our award. (laughs) I think it's time to go on to our ratings. Okay, as you know, every week we rate the episode we're talking about. This time we're not talking about about any episodes, so we're rating the series and we're rating the Ninth Doctor because we don't see him again, unfortunately. Okay, our rating system is incredibly simple okay we rate it on a scale of 1 to 13 with 1 being the worst and 13 being the best because there are 13 doctors we're not saying the first doctor is the best we're not saying the 13th doctor is the worst or whatever the vice versa of what the bloody hell anyway we can give one decimal place and that's an 8.5 aka a war doctor aka a john hurt should i tell you what i've rated series one yes go ahead Okay, I actually haven't decided. I'm still stewing over two numbers in my head as we speak. I think it has some strong episodes, but I think the characters within this series are better than the series as a whole. So I'm afraid I can only give this series, ironically, a nine, a Christopher Eccleston to the man himself. What about you? I have been torn myself between two numbers. I have a feeling they're the same as you were torn between. Because rating it lowly seems harsh because it is a good series and has some real gems and I think it's quite overlooked because of the fact that David Tennant's era came next and that probably appeals more to both fans and people who aren't as dedicated to the show as, say, us and other people who do things like podcasts on it. But I'm going to stop babbling and give it a nine as well and deduct points for the long game, the end of the world, the unquiet dead, and Adam. Adam, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Both giving it a nine. Interesting. I feel like when we talk about the Ninth Doctor himself, we may stray a bit. My overall ranking of the Ninth Doctor, yeah, again, I'm kind of toying with two numbers, but I think I know what he deserves. And my man, Christopher Eccleston, deserves a 13 out of 13 the first 13 this podcast has ever awarded to one of the greatest men to ever act that might be a bit of an exaggeration but what about you andrea it seems a bit harsher now since you've just said (laughs) what is arguably a love letter to christopher eccleston but i have given him a 12 
and deducted one point simply for the fact that I feel his doctor is sometimes a bit too argumentative. I'm thinking of the Unquiet Dead specifically. And also, I've got to leave room for my fave. But he's always up there, always been in my top three doctors. And should always be acknowledged for the good work he has done within Doctor Who. Because if he hadn't been so good, and if this series hadn't been of a good standard, then we may not have had what came after. Yeah, I just want to say a bit about Christopher Eccleston and why I love him so much. I think out of all the Doctors, ironically, he is the most human. Because while he's struggling with this whole time war thing, he he grows throughout the series. And I think he is a better arc as a Doctor than any other Doctor in New Who, starting from such a place of anger and bitterness. And in the end, he changes his mind in what he did in the Time War, or what we thought he did, and obviously ends up being John Hurt. But I think he's the most raw Doctor and I think, for me, he might be, although he's not my favourite, I think he might be the most emotional. What a great performance from Christopher Elkiston, and I think he is far too underrated. Yes, and although we'll never really know, well, I guess we'll never really know the full details of why he was so reluctant to re-enter the Hooniverse, I really hope that in the future we do see him in some capacity on our screens again related to that role. Yeah, if I could change one thing, I said this last week, about any television ever, I would have given Christopher Eccleston another couple of series because that's what he deserves and I don't care what anybody else has to say. David Tennant might have something to say. As that brings us to the end of series one of our podcast, means we're a twelfth of the way there strapping everyone at home what great fun we've had together this series i'd like to thank all our listeners for joining and most importantly i'd like to thank andrea for joining me on our mission through time and space although this might be the end of the series very soon as it is christmas time we will be releasing our episode for the christmas invasion and then we'll have a couple weeks break because you know we have our own lives apart from dr who We've got a Britney Spears podcast to release as well. So there's that. Yeah, keep your eyes open for that. Yes, I'd like to reiterate what Dean has said and thank you for joining us every week to listen to these two Brits bumble about a show that means a great deal to us both. And I'd like to thank you, Dean, of course, for first of all creating this podcast and for wanting to invite me along this journey with you, but also for the many laughs and for giving me an extra purpose in this silly thing we call life. So thank you very much. And finally, for the last time this series, I implore you to follow us. We have Instagram at chattywattypod. We have an email, which Dean has already told you about, unfortunately, chattywattypod at gmail.com. So if you have any thoughts about what we've discussed in this series wrap-up or if you want to complain to us about our rankings or if you agree, please email if you agree. That would be a great boost. But anyway, if you have any thoughts, email us. And we also have Anchor FM, obviously. Thank you for their services for allowing us to release this podcast on all the different apps. And on there, we are at Chatty Watty. So go follow us. Have a good time because we'll have a good time if you tune in. Yeah.
yeah please do and of course on itunes give us a five-star review that would really appreciate us if you want to insult us go ahead but we're only going to read the review if there's a five stars at the top so if you could try to offend us it's not going to work unless it's attached to five bloody stars so i'd like to thank everyone for listening once again and we will see you at christmas for the christmas invasion goodbye bye <laughs>